Welcome to the Elijah Streams podcast. Our mission is to encourage you in your faith through a unique blend of patriotism and prophecy. And now here's your host, Steve Schultz. Hello, happy Monday, August 8th. It's a date, it's a month of new beginnings, the eighth month, the eighth day in the year 2022. Welcome to the broadcast. I am your host, Steve Schultz, along with my wife, Doreen. We founded the Elijah List 25 years ago, and a little bit later, the Elijah Streams came along. So, and that is what you're watching. Be sure to subscribe to the ElijahList.com. That's the email portion of what we do so that that um, so that we can email you uh, the programs afterwards. Now, the program will take a few days to get out to you. Sometimes they have uh, show notes and, and, and all of that. So be sure to subscribe. It is always free. Um, all right. I don't think we have any announcements today unless anybody wants to, you know, let me know that. Tomorrow we have Lou Engel on. We, it's a rare treat to have him on the show. So he will be on tomorrow at the same time, same place. And, of course, after Roe v. Wade was overturned, he's going to have a whole lot to say and some new uh, strategies and revelation about where, where we go now, where we go next. And there's a big stadium event he'll talk about as well. Uh, before the show's out. So, all right, without further ado, let's bring on Johnny Enlow Unfiltered. Here we go. 49 hours declaring it a riot. My message hasn't changed. You are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. You must from now on target darkness in your society. We are almost there. The pain is for the awakening. The awakening is for your children. Man, oh man, the awakening is for your children. Every time I watch that, I'm reminded this is about the children, isn't it? Well, it really is. And, you know, might as well with that one, jump into just a couple of bits of information. I really have something from the Lord, from the Holy Spirit. Good. And something he's saying and in a strong way. But, um, you know, there's two action matters that I feel led by the Holy Spirit to draw attention to and draw attention to, to the body of Christ. It's uh, I received something um, called the guidelines for engaging faith-based organizations as agents of change. And it's from something called the UNFPA. Hmm. And I'll tell you what the UNFPA stands for in just a moment, but it's a several page notification actually from 2009. And it's, Really, with carefully crafted language, it's really how one of these New World Order organizations is looking to get churches. They've identified churches as being critical for the specific guidelines and objectives that they've been working on for decades. And so it it talks about their their rationale and and for recognizing, uh, you know, the important parallel faith-based universe of development. um, And we can no longer avoid acknowledging these parallel faith-based development interventions, et cetera, et cetera. It's all about, you know, some language of respect for them, but we can't, we cannot fulfill our, our uh, UNFPA's objectives without them. And this is a 2009 um, uh, writing. And so just to jump right to it, um, and they talk about this interfaith network they're trying to raise up together. So what, what is this? What is the UNFPA? It's the United Nations Family P- 
Planning Association. And this Family Planning Association is uh, based on on several meetings that have been going on for decades. Um, They had their most recent one. um, Well, this is not that recent. The Cairo 1994, 1994, see how long ago that's over 20 years, 30 years, um, getting close 30 years. There were 179 governments that participated, 11,000 registered participants, and and um, mainly from governments. And it built on uh, International Conference in Population, Mexico City, 1984, and that built on Bucharest, 1974. And Bucharest, 1974, is where they officially began to change their language. They acknowledged they're changing their language from depopulation to quality of life. Uh, They changed the language for what they're trying to do. So they're now calling it a quality of life classification. So has their goal changed at all? Not at all. It is a depopulation agenda thoroughly through and through many pages of, like I said, it would take me the whole time to even talk about what all it is. Why am I drawing attention to, uh, uh, to everyone? Well, and, and, 2009, their budget that year was $18.5 billion. $18.5 billion. This has been going on for decades, their attempt to depopulate. And so they have recognized, and no later than 2009, they begin uh, setting aside millions upon millions and maybe even billions towards winning over churches, faith organizations, identifying who's cooperating, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So there are reasons why there are churches and mega churches that won't go on the record and support the Roe v. Wade celebration that's taken place, et cetera, et cetera. Because you go into it, that's a key component of what this UNFPA is all about, is providing abortion services worldwide free, making it readily available. They brag on how many millions of Unwanted children, they have stopped from being born, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So here's the homework for you. Find out if your church or your denomination receives money from the UNFPA, United Nations Family Planning Association, very carefully crafted uh, language that sounds like respect for the church, but it's all designed to get the church also advancing an anti-Christ, anti-life agenda. If you find out that your church singularly or your movement or your denomination is taking money from this, that ought to answer your question. Should you be supporting back to the question you have asked a couple times, Steve? Do you have to pray and ask God if you should leave your church, your movement, whatever it is? And so the infiltration is just as bad in churchdom as it is in what we're finding out. The rhinos everywhere, you know, the whole thing they got taken down in Arizona last week with the victories that were there is the rhino network, Republicans in name only. The assumption before was Republicans are pro-life. No, they disguised themselves as pro-life, token pro-life commentary while knowing that behind the scenes, they're not going to advance anything. And we have the same thing, unfortunately. You can call it kinos or chinos. Uh, Chinos be Christians, C-H, in name only. Oh, man. And and so we really have to be aware that one of the reasons this whole operation of God, of heaven, of the Holy Spirit is delaying, is that there is exposure of this element in the body of Christ. 
So can I, that can is. Can I ask you a question? When you say Christians in name only, you're not referring to the grassroots people sitting in the pew, sitting in the chairs, who are Christians in name only necessarily. You're talking about the leadership of these some of some of these mega churches. That's one question. The other one was Johnny. I'm going to say, and this is the third time we're going to bring it. I'm going to use different words. So if you if one of the people says, "Is any church they know is like that?" and if they were to say well, God hasn't released me yet. I'm praying, waiting for God to release me. What would you say? That's the thing. It's like when you find out enough information, we can do the full uh, ridiculous end of things. If you find out, yeah, you know, if you found out your pastor was a pedophile, do you need to pray about it and see if you should leave? Mm. If if you found out in your own family, pedophilia is taking place. Do you actually have, there are certain discoveries you make. There's no longer prayer need to be made about what your your uh, you yeah, know, what your move is, you 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 would only not do what makes sense if you had an audible word from God for some reason to do to stay in for some reason that uh, He will then explain to you as well. But there, that we have to understand that infiltration has taken place at a great level at the at the mega church level at the mega ministry. Yes, it's going to be ninety nine point more percent of the congregation sit in the pews will have no idea about it. It will be considered behind the scenes. It'll, 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 it, it could just be ignorance. It could be someone bought the language that was being sold. Yes, we want quality of, but if you just look at it at all, any kind of reviewing, you understand it's part of the depopulation agenda that they're spend, spending billions of dollars a year trying to win leadership and trying to win over Christian leaders in order to impose, and so if you once you once you find that out, then that that ought to that ought to tell you you cannot allow that to be a part of who who you are. And it would just be, again, at the church denominational level, they would really take advantage of someone who would be so uh, ambitious that they're. This will help you build churches. This will help you survive. Uh, this will help you. You know, the money. It's money, 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 can, money. Can in I, order can I, I want to point out too that. Um, Depopulation. If I were in those uh, um, Georgia Guidestones, didn't they say they wanted the earth to get down to 500 million? Wasn't that a stated goal? So anyone that doesn't know the numbers in world population, we've been mushrooming in population uh, ever since the days of Christ, of course. The days of Christ, there were 500 million people on the earth, give or take. I looked it up. I did a research this last week. That's the population they want to get back to which means that 90% or 95%, what is it, have to die? That's it, what they want. That's what they want. And what I'm telling you is that which was on the Guidestones is the same thinking and processing behind. It's the same movement. It's the same people. It's the same funding. The guidelines for, uh, for this United Nations Family Planning Association, and they have different, and that's part of what they do, they have different names that they uh, interact with, coordinate with, work with. And, and um, I was trying to look real quickly at the name of these others. They have something called Millennium Development Goals. Everything they do informs the Millennium Development Goals from 20 to 2015. And they have uh, uh, um, different um, outcome document. The outcome document of the 2005 World Summit, New York, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So, I could, again, I could go more in depth, but you just have to understand 
they are going after depopulation in every conceivable way. And vaccines, you heard it from Bill Gates. Bill Gates is part of the same movement. That was really to this grouping in some settings, some side grouping of this is where he said, I think with vaccinations, we can get the world population to two million, two billion. And so, uh, again, it sounds good when you have you're in a place again, if you can imagine being in a place and there's 11,000 of you invited and you just start hearing this drone of immorality of death language, but it's covered and. It's covered in, well, there's, that's so, you know, we can have more quality of life instead of just quantity of life. And so that, that kind of throws a smokescreen that you're saying we want to kill people. We want to depopulate the world and vaccines are a primary uh, way of doing so. Is it, a, is it an, any kind of an overstatement or understatement when we say they're, they're purposely allowing our borders to be overrun? That's depopulation. They're purposely taxing us into oblivion. That's depopulation. They're purposely uh, making housing unaffordable. That's depopulation. They're purposely making us dependent on drugs that kill us. That's depopulation. You can just list and list and list. There's hundreds of things that they're doing now to depopulate. Am I overstating that? No, there. I don't know if it's hundreds, but it's in every way possible. And we've. It's through the water. It's through the food. It's through pharmaceuticals. It's through government. It's through tearing down families. It's through Supply tearing down chain. fathers. It's through it's all prong approach. And that's one of the reasons why the Lord has to allow the pain of this moment to continue with us and not us be as as rescued as quickly as we thought, because we have to be positioned after this, not to go back. We cannot, there is no going back to the old way of living. For those of you, oh, I can't wait. Can we go back to the days the way it used? There is no going back. We, Mm. We didn't show up. We were not salt and light. A high percentage of the church, better than 90 percent, did not participate as salt and light with society, caring for civic matters, caring for laws that were changing wow. everything for the masses. And that we can never go back to that. There has to be enough pain. Speaking of that, the second item here, Steve, was um, multiply reported that, you know, Biden has uh, the. Uh, Inflation Reduction Act of 2022 that the Democrats have put out. The inflation, listen to what it's called, Inflation Reduction Act of 2022. And and I don't know if it's fully passed. It looks like it's going to. But part of the main components of it are for there to be 87,000 new IRS agents. 87,000 new IRS, 79.6% billion dollars to the IRS over the next 10 years. 79.6 billion dollars to the IRS. They can't afford 4 billion dollars to finish the wall, but they can do 79.6 billion so the IRS and they said there will be, you know, be 4 million agents that carry uh weapons and so that this will now far will be larger than the Pentagon, the FBI, the Border Patrol, the State Department combined. And why? Because the inflation reduction will raise taxes on 90% of those who make 75000 or more per year. 90%. Complete, complete the things that he gave his word, blah, 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 that he would never do. They're just in your face doing it. They're not even hiding it. They're not even a hiding quarter, it. Listen, Steve, a quarter of those who make just 10000 a year will have their taxes raised. 25%. Of those who make only ten thousand a year, way below the poverty. Right. Line. So 
and I, I believe some of this designed to, you know, I, I think there, there are things working. There's good guys working and there, but part of it is when will the people awake, arise, say something, do something. So to the degree, we know this goes ultimately out to over a hundred thousand to fully, maybe a couple hundred thousand. And you have to realize you cannot just allow your voice, no matter who you think's taking care of things behind the scenes, long-term or whatever, when you hear about these things, one of the things I, I so there are two points of action. One, find out, I'll say it one more time, the United Nations Family Planning Association, also known as the UNFPA. Find out if your Christian organization, leadership, uh, your denomination, your church received any money from them. And you have to, you know, there might be a subsidy group from them, anything that is towards family planning, and it tells you your leadership is working for the wrong side. Number two, if this is going to be legit, 87,000 new IRS agents, I say, hey, Christians, sign up. Sign up to be these new IRS agents. We might as well have light, salt and light operating in those places oh, and wow. stemming rather than just uh, cowering and, and being in fear from it. I say, Let's be the new 87,000. This is part of the new Christian thinking. We have to participate where darkness is trying to establish a beachhead. And we have to be the light that does not allow that to happen. Wow. <laughs> Johnny, that's anyway. just unbelievable. Yeah, that's just unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I was writing, emailing someone actually breaking Christian news, Amy, and I'm just saying, we have to wake up. We have to wake up. We have, we are, we're, public, we're publishing stories we never used to would have done about satanic groups that are doing these th horrible things to children. We used to say, well, you know, let's not talk about that too much. We'll pe freak people out. I think we need to freak people out right now. I think we're in a season where there's a time for everything. And right now it's a time to freak people out. So they know what's really going on. I don't know. What are your thoughts? No, 100% Steve. And it's funny because this is, I decided to watch a baseball game um, last night and I haven't watched a baseball game probably since uh, COVID started, like anything other than a stop through for a minute or two, even though I'm a sports enthusiast. And, and, um, and so, but I just, the feel of it. And it was like, you know, I remember the old feel of it. Yeah. Good old, this is American national pastime. It's fun. You take your family. And I was like, you know what? This is feeding an illusion right now. This is freak out time. We have a movement. We have a world cabal literally trying to kill us and they haven't stopped. And they, they haven't, the, these measures from this last week uh, from the democratic leadership there tell you what they're after. Again, why would they want 87,000 more IRS agents who can carry weapons and make sure, if you understand the IRS has its charter papers in Puerto Rico, it is literally established there by the cabal to make sure they're getting the money they're uh, they're stripping you of money that they want and and I, there's a whole com line of conversation on what type of taxes would be okay we're not going to go there right now but you have to understand the irs is is not that and the reason there is a a beefing up on this is they see there's a targeting of their other agencies the fbi the department of justice all their agencies are being exposed they're like uh-oh we may be being shut down here, here, here. We need to create another place where people don't suspect this as, uh, uh, you know, as in. So IRS, 
infiltrate the IRS with all these uh, people. Again, I don't believe it's going to work the way they want it to work, but I say we do our part immediately. We complain. Well, and I, uh, yeah, uh, I was, was going to ask you that. How do people complain? Obviously, our prayers are up to about a thousand percent, but then what do we do in the natural? Who do we complain to or what, you know, do we just scream across the social media so that everyone's, I mean, I don't mean just that may be something to do. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Streams podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, go to ElijahStreams.com and click the Donate Today button. We may need to scream across social media and say, we're not taking this anymore. I don't know. what it-, it is. It's just the voice has to be raised every way possible. And you just never know what what raising of the voice will snowball in a positive way. You know, a march of a thousand people somewhere. It's unclear where that march even would be. But somewhere there's a tension and then, it, you know, it snowballs and the word gets out and you let your congressmen and in your Senate, you know, even when, you know, a bunch of them, anywhere from a bunch to most of them are compromised. But you make them accountable and you say, if you vote for this, um, we are not going to forget that. Like raise raise the ante. Again, you have to ask, you have to think through your state and where you're at, what you can do, your capabilities as an individual but you you address it, yeah. They we're used to addressing things in the spirit and make a declaration in prayer, but do something in the natural uh, as well. That's one of the things we have we have we have to learn is to do things at this level. We do things this level, yeah. but the cross is doing things um, at this level and this level. That was you know something George Fox of the Quakers, famous founder of the Quakers, a man led of the Holy Spirit. He said, "I was taught by the Holy Spirit to." keep things upward to God, outwards to men. And then he, not only he, but his wife warned their movement. He says, if we ever lose one of them, we will cease to be relevant. If we just think it's us and God, and we can just be 24-7 prayers and worshipers and do nothing else, um, he says, we will we will cease to be relevant. If we just think it's social action and we lose the relationship this way, we will also become irrelevant. So it's the cross. It is with him, a relationship, getting stuff from him, making the declarations and, and praising him and worshiping him. But then he has, you know, back to the Second Chronicles 20 story. He didn't just have him praise. He had him praise on the battlefield. He had him. He had him go next day, go to the battlefield. There you will praise. So we have to know we're not used to showing up on the battlefield. It's an it's an area of, of gross negligence for the body of Christ. Well, and can I just say this, Johnny? Um, the body of Christ showed up on the battlefield on January 6th, and it backfired on them so uh, harshly that I believe the body of Christ is afraid to do that again right now. They're afraid to be arrested just for protesting. I mean, what? They are. It is. and and um, <clears throat> And so it's... It's we're not used to doing it, so there's not a lot of nerve for doing it. You know, I'll give something else I'll recommend for people to look at. Okay. Um, not that I was going to bring it up, but we just looked at a documentary. It's about two hours long called Alex's War, I think, on Alex Jones. And, you know, Alex Jones, he's bombastic and he's been ridiculized for a long time. And I really haven't been a follower of his and anything that right. I've seen I have, because he is so bombastic, <clears throat> but there is a documentary not self-produced. Somebody else did on him 
And you'll find a guy that 30 years ago was telling everything that's happening now. And he was a resistor there on January 6th, but he was also saying, remember, folks, don't cross the line. They want us to, to go to violence. They want us to, uh, you know, cross these lines. Do it peacefully. Do it. He had all so the right. He's really like a gifted herald. You know, he gets over the, he kind of crosses the line from time to time, but he's really a herald, maybe sent from the Lord. I mean, I've if not you followed him. It, Steve, you just said something that I don't think flesh and blood could have told you, but if you, uh, it was amazing. Elizabeth and I are looking at it as we're going on. I was like, oh my goodness, this guy was sent. Wow. This guy was sent ahead. He okay, was I'm going to watch that. Okay. Uh, yeah, and I recommend again, particularly if you want to, uh, help, we'll say, red pill or awakens anybody. See, there's this whole balancing act is if you're not awake yet, you need to watch something like this to understand yeah. that these things that have been called conspiracy, these things happening right now, you have to see Alex Jones was telling, I don't remember how long before uh, uh, World Trade Center was hit. He was like, they're going to put, they're going to pin this on Osama bin Laden and they're going to try to take down our World Trade Towers. And you'll see him saying that he Way really? before, yes. And then he's like, they're going to try mm -hmm. to use vaccinations and they're going to try to use, um, um, you know, a flu of some sort in order to depopulate. And, and so he's saying all this stuff again, 1990s, 2000, early, et cetera, et cetera. So was he doing this as because he's just the super keen researcher or does he seem to just almost know, almost like a prophet? He was super keen researcher. And then again, the, now the downside when I was talking about the balance, because the downside okay. is he hasn't researched what God is doing or what the good guys are. And so that's oh. why it serves the purpose. It's like if you're asleep, you need a bucket of cold water in your face. Yeah. If you're awake, you don't need that anymore. And so I understand that a bunch of our listeners are awake and they need encouragement about where we're at. And so, um, but it's still, it's a good, because uh, people want to know, did all this just come from uh, wherever, Q or something else? You're going to hear him stating that stuff 20 and 30 years ago. Um, um, Alex Jones, just from, just from that particularly, just a two hour, um, I, I don't remember where, if it's, I don't know if it's Netflix, PBS or, or what it is, Alex's War. And, and um, again, I recommend it for the wake up purpose for you to, it, and if if watching baseball games is too easy for you and you just think this is it's just all interesting. If you're asleep in slumber, this is a shift of the ages. This is a massive, major historical transition time. You do not want to be asleep during this time and you want to be participating with the resistance to darkness. That, you know, that's what the light begins as a resistance and then it ends overtaking the darkness and that's what we want to be about well, and even for those who would might find themselves saying i've been saying this for years no one listened to me if they were kind of cavalier about it now they're they're falling back to sleep if they're not careful even if they knew it all along if they don't take action now when it's coming down on us they, well, they would have gone back to sleep and and you can see what happens, yeah. Because I've known some of those, and it's it was so horrific then to watch it play out. Like you'll even see Alex Jones is like the last three years. He's like he just can't believe what he's seen, and he knows where it's going next, as far as the horror of it. 
But again, he's, this is where it goes into the main word I have from the Lord right now. That's more the encouragement. Okay. So we want to give, we want to give you the bucket of cold water in the face. Yeah. And then we also want to give you the comfort of the Holy spirit and what he's saying right now. And that's where, that's where I got to go uh, right now. If you're ready for that, Steve, yep, go for it. So here's what is, this is a phrase that I heard from the Holy spirit today from the Lord. The Holy spirit is driving everything. The Holy spirit is driving everything. And then it was, if we go to the longer version, because in my mind is driving everything towards what? Towards the new kingdom era. So the Holy Spirit is driving everything towards the new kingdom era. So here's a little bit of context. If we remember when Jesus showed up, the son of God, I want to show, we want to walk through just kind of lightning quick, the history of the Holy Spirit in the bringing in of Jesus and the beginning uh, of the, the founding of the New Testament church and how that was orchestrated. It was an orchestration of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit wants us to know that he has not left us orphans. The Lord wants us to know. Your father wants you to know he has not left you orphans. He has not left us orphans at this time. Because again, you see too much of the enemy. It will feel like when you study the enemy too much, when you wake up too much without seeing Jesus, without seeing the Father, without seeing the Holy Spirit, it leads to hopelessness, helplessness, depression. And, and some of those who have awakened, that's where they're at right now because it simultaneously looks like God hasn't been handling things um, uh, as they awaken. It's like he's not been he's not been on the job, but there is the part that's that's that is upon us. That's why he would tell his very first congregation in Matthew chapter five, why he would tell them even before he would tell them about how to get saved. He would say, you are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. He didn't ask them if they, none of them were Christians yet because he had not yet died. There was no Christianity available. Not a one of them was a Christian. Not a one of them was filled with the Holy Spirit. And he went ahead and tell them, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. So there's a responsibility upon being placed on this earth to participate, to be a part of the solution. He put the solution uh, in us. It's sort of like he's given us the boxing gloves and we're, you know, we could be in the boxing match and we're getting pounded by the opposition. We're saying, Jesus, come rescue us. He's like, I gave you boxing gloves. And, uh, and, you know, and it's not just that he does it that way, but he clearly wants us activated. That's the whole history of battles uh, in the Old Testament. Even there's the participation with how he steps in. He does the heavy lifting. But what he requires us is some courage and willingness to stand up to the enemy and to darkness. And so what I want to uh, run through real quick, some scriptures. And I'm, I've already told those who are helping putting scriptures, I may be doing this too fast, particularly the first ones that are there, but I want there to be an impartation. We're going to have a time of prayer at the end because this thing, the Holy spirit, I'm mentioning the Holy spirit and being filled with the Holy spirit. And what that means, we want to take it to a practical landing place mm. for us, but the Holy spirit is driving everything. So he's driving mm. everything that's happening right now. He's not you know, this is not being driven by the Antichrist. Mm. This is being driven by the Holy Spirit. Let me give another point, uh, 
place of, of reference here that um, that's important. So people, some people don't know that, okay, and when the Holy Spirit, there are, remember three Ps that come with the Holy Spirit, presence, power, and purpose. The mm. Holy Spirit brings the three of these, and this is what the church was impregnated with when the Holy Spirit fell in Acts chapter 2. Presence, power, and purpose. They come together. He will give you power to be witnesses, and so you can actually uh, uh, um, establish the kingdom through what gets released there. What people are unaware of is that, you know, if you go back to 1900, the year 1900, there was almost zero percent. It's 0.01 percent of the body of Christ believed in what we would call Holy Spirit realities. They didn't really? believe in speaking in tongues, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It was a minority that didn't even approach. You're saying percent. even, Johnny, even the gifts of the Holy Spirit was zero point something it, percent? It, yes, it, it was just. A, a, almost a non-existent pulse. You have to wow. find scattered little groups. That's what we have, the Azusa Street Revival. You had what happened with Evan Roberts. You had this in the early 1900s. There were various explosions. The most famous is the Azusa, uh, mm -hmm. the Azusa, Azusa Awakening, and then how that really all Pentecostal denominations, mm -hmm. there are over 20, maybe 30,000 denominations that exist today that are offshoots of the Holy Spirit springing uh, springing on us. And so wow. um, what began to happen there is these encounters with the presence and power. So if people not aware of it, historically, you go to uh, to read on the Azusa Street Revival. It's where people were, were demonstrably touched by the presence and power. There are people on the floor. There's people shaking. There's people speaking in tongues. There's people crying. It's not smooth, neat Christianity. And as always, this is a point to point out, the Holy Spirit broke out in unlikely places. And so it, it, it was just a small church, one of the uh, um, key places, you know, a black church. And 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 so it was, you know, it was it, the outpouring. And of I, the I was, it wasn't it even inside. A, it was only in a home. It yes. broke out in a home. That's where the, the home on Azusa Street. So, wow. Yeah. A one-eyed black um Black man is it William Seymour or something? Yeah. Something Seymour, son of a son of a slave, yeah. and, and so you have these type of things. But it's all the way, you know, the Book of Acts. That awakening was in an upper room with 120 hmm. people, and whether you go through things that people could remember, even you know, the <clears throat> Toronto blessing was an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. What was it? 120, 150 people there. Uh, it's what you don't hear. I don't. I still don't know of one case in history where the Holy Spirit breaks through in an established denomination, established church, anything of any size. I, I've never heard one yet where that is a place of movement of God started. So be aware of that because that's part of where we're going right now. Yeah, part you're of not saying it doesn't explode within those, but you're saying it initiates somewhere else where the spirit it has freedom it initiates somewhere else it initiates somewhere where there's more hunger more desperation yeah. less um you know covering uh, you know co uh, trying to cover uh, you know all their bases and make sure they don't do anything questionable and so yeah you have that and so there's just i, I just right now uh, you know what we're going to begin to see is we're going to begin to see and hear of visitations of the Holy Spirit in these unique, obscure places. 
And a lot of them is going to be messy. It's going to be too much presence, too much power, more than people can um, handle and process. And, and, and yet this, this is historically, this has been how life comes into the body of Christ. It's messy. Acts chapter two. I don't know if we'll have a chance to how much we'll get into it at all, but Acts chapter two, it doesn't say the Holy Spirit came in and there was great order. The Holy Spirit came in and there was great confusion, mass pandemonium. The people like they didn't understand. They didn't get it. It was it. That's when when he brings his order, it messes with the status quo and it makes people think things are out of order. And that was true with whether it's Toronto and even if, if you go into Brownsville, uh, the Pensacola thing as well is in movements all over. And it's not to say any one of them was 100 percent should be repeated in any kind of way, because we're not really looking for the same type of thing, because what right. has to change this time is we have to have awakened, empowered souls that also understand the assignment, because this is what's not been happening, not been happening is what not hap- what has not happened with previous movements, previous revivals. we got people keep talking about revival, but they separate it from the comp- component of reformation. Yeah. And so when you don't attach revival to reformation, then you just it, it's something that dies before too long. And it it uh, it just doesn't do what it could have done, could have done if it was followed through all the way it was supposed to. So anyway, the Holy Spirit, we have to realize the last hundred years, if we go 1900, now 2022, in these last 120 uh, years, we've gone from uh, the progressive nature of the Holy Spirit and those who follow the Holy Spirit and allow the Holy Spirit and consider themselves, we'll say charismatic type believers. It now has passed 700 million in the last 120 years, 700 million, approximately almost one in 10 on the planet now says they're a spirit filled believer. So this, this is already, we're in a 120 year push of the Holy spirit. So it's not just that if that it's one in 10 on the planet, and it's almost 50% of the body of Christ. If I'm doing my numbers, aren't there like 2 billion? Maybe it's, maybe it's 33% of the body of Christ or, now it's 2.4 to 2.5 billion okay uh, believers okay well and that's just somehow since the holy spirit but get this uh, connection steve so 1900 again almost no um you know spirit-filled reality in the body of christ one in 27 people on the planet considered themselves christians one in 27 and again but it was a christianity minus it was a, a very rational principled, not spirit-filled Christianity. So it wasn't just that they, you know, that it was low percentage, low numbers. We already told you that it's now one in three. One in 27 consider themselves. So in 120 years, we've gone from one in 27 to one in three. And so there's been this acceleration of, of even people getting saved, saved and filled with the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is pushing this agenda. In fact, you can find even the most sinister plots of the New World Order, the deep state, almost being in response and reaction to what the Holy Spirit is doing. And so rather than it being like, oh, the Holy Spirit's just finally figuring out what's going on is going to help (laughs) us. He's been ahead of this. And so there's panic. There's been panic for well over 120 years from the dark side. And they're trying to figure out how not to allow the light of the Holy Spirit to be released on the planet to fulfill the purposes of God, which are towards uh, Habakkuk 2.14, the whole earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God 
as the waters cover the sea, not just for souls to be saved. That's part of the new paradigm we have to uh, begin to embrace. It's not just about souls being saved. The enemy is not all that worried about whether Papa has a few billion more souls in heaven. Like what you're hearing? Help us continue to make Elijah Streams and the Elijah Streams podcast possible. Head to ElijahStreams.com and click the Donate Today button. Now, back to the show. He's trying to stop the earth plan on earth as it is in heaven. That's the part he wars against. That's why he gives you freebies. You go, what are you talking about? He gives you freebies. 70 million abortions. He know he knows the rules. An aborted child goes immediately to the throne room. He has no chance at taking them to hell at all. He doesn't care because that's not his goal is trying to suppress the numbers of those going to heaven. He's trying to stop the plan of God on earth. It's an important awakening we have that's to come to. a huge difference, yeah. So the Holy Spirit has already been at work. He's already been advancing. Um, because we haven't connected it properly, you know, this is an empowering we receive, but we haven't gone into our purpose with it very well. We have just 3% of the church with any type of uh, ministry at all, 97% like, well, I work in the secular world and, you know, I tithe and I pray for my leaders. And so that 97 percentile of those who are spectator Christians, that has to change. That's why we, we can be one in three or one in four Christians, followers of Jesus Christ on the planet and have almost no effect, no salt, no light, very mm. little limited in ways that it should be. We should be driving everything, but because we have we've bought into a, a you know up and down relationship, and then we're waiting for him to come and zap us out of here as well. And so that doesn't that doesn't work moving forward. But here's here's the uh, we just want to just uh, I want people to hear the role of the Holy Spirit in bringing about Jesus, and want you to know be aware. This is part of his message to you to us today. The Holy Spirit is driving everything. Everything that's happening right now, he's driving it. Does that mean he's causing it? No, he's not. You know, these are not acts of God. It wasn't an act of God when Herod, Herod beheaded John the Baptist. Uh, but he was driving heaven's agenda towards the next, towards salvation, towards Jesus, the, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. That whole thing. And there is another less, of course, much less level because it's not needed. He already did it. All authority and power was given to him on heaven and earth, Matthew 18. And he said, go therefore. But there is the next level of help that we, we need right now. So uh, I'm going to say the scriptures mainly so you can remember them. Some of you might want to go back through this again and follow and follow the scriptures. But Matthew chapter one and verse 18, it talks about Mary. And so and it says, and Mary was found with child of the Holy Spirit again. We want to see who's driving the agenda. It's of the Holy Spirit. You go to Luke uh, and you say, well, wow. So the Holy Spirit started all the way with Mary. Well, if you go to Luke chapter one and verse 15, you find out that his forerunner, because who is the forerunner of Jesus? It's John the Baptist, that he was filled. I'll actually read since I have my Bible open there. It won't take too long to get there. And uh, Luke 1, 15 and and so he's this is when the angel is speaking to Zacharias and tells him that his wife will bear a son, his wife, Elizabeth, who had been unable to bear. And you shall call his name, John, and you will have joy and gladness and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. And he will drink neither wine nor strong drink. And he also will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. So you have Mary is product of the Holy Spirit, 
He who announces Jesus is from the Holy Spirit. And then if you go to uh, Luke chapter 1 and verse 41, um, you find out that Mary, when she went into the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth, and it says in verse 41, and it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, that the babe leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. So you have Elizabeth who's carrying the precursor who was already filled with the Holy Spirit. You have this role of the Holy Spirit in accomplishing and birthing everything. And then, uh, so we want to uh, look at verse Luke 1, 63. And so this is Zechariah. And Zechariah had been made mute by Gabriel for not believing that his wife was going to have a child. And so... <clears throat> And he asked for a writing tablet. This is after John's born and wrote saying his name is John. So they all marveled immediately. His mouth was opened and his tongue loosed and he spoke praising God. You verse 67. Now his father Zacharias was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied. So we get this this role of the Holy Spirit driving an agenda the, the agenda of the lamb coming through. You get to Luke chapter 3, and we'll look at Luke chapter 3 and verse 15. And this is now John as an adult. He is now baptizing. And verse 16, John said, John answered, saying to all, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I is coming, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to loose. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. And so he's now saying, speaking into the greatness, John the Baptist of Jesus, because one of the great things he will do is allow for the Holy Spirit to be in them as they have never seen before. And so then we go into verse um, chapter four, Luke chapter four, Jesus is now led to into the desert, to the wilderness to be tested by Satan for 40 days, tempted for 40 days by the devil, as it says there in verse two. But look at the first line. Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan. So he goes through the whole temptation. He handles the devil. Um, we're not going into that part of the story. But verse 14, because verse 13 says the devil had ended every temptation. He departed from him until an opportune time. Verse 14, Luke 4, 14. Then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and news of him went throughout everywhere. And so he's doing things in the power of the Holy Spirit. One of the things, I want some obvious things that I want us to pick up as we're going along, is if Jesus, who is the Son of God, when reduced to humanity, needs to be filled with the Holy Spirit to accomplish what he's supposed to accomplish. Uh, the part I didn't follow up on is there is a, after the baptism of John, there is the Holy Spirit descended upon him bodily like a dove and said this. And there was a voice from heaven. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. We see this role again of the Holy Spirit. Again, we want to remember that when Jesus came, it was not a pleasant time in society. As it says, he didn't come he, You know, in Isaiah when it describes the time when he would come. It would be a desert time, a difficult time. It was very difficult for Jews for Israel, for all people, they were slaves. It was not like there was any kind of pleasant societal reality for anybody at all. It was 
It was a need for an intervention, a splicing in from heaven in the most difficult time imaginable. There was no majority of people. There was nobody. There was literally mm. nobody to carry uh, true Christianity. He didn't come, you know, he didn't build his 12 disciples off any, you know, those who'd mm. been doing good. No, the mm -hmm. best you hear, you know, Simon and Anna, who had been for decades praying that there would be this, the Messiah that would come, but there was nothing. So there was a need for heaven's agenda to be established on the earth. The Holy Spirit drives it and he makes sure it happens from all, uh, all forms possible, possible. He's filling in Mary. He's filling up Zechariah. He's filling up Elizabeth. He's filling John the Baptist with it. He's pressing the agenda because heaven has determined that it's time for something to take place. And we're such a time as this right now. So then let's, okay. let's read a couple more things. Um, let's look at John chapter 14. And John chapter 14, this is kind of a treatise on the Holy Spirit. And this is Jesus now speaking to his, his disciples. And we're going to look at verse 15. John chapter 14 and verse 15. There we go. If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, capital H. It's the Holy Spirit will tell us that later. That he may abide with you forever, the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither, it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. So he dwells with them now, but he's going to be in them. That was the difference. That was what became available through Jesus going to the cross, resurrecting, going to the right hand of the Father. And so he could now send the Holy Spirit to be with us. But this is very encouraging for us right now. Some of you need to hear this verse 18. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. You know, that's what the enemy continually tells us. He's been lying to a lot of people over the last two years. Mm. Grieve, you've experienced some challenge, some difficulty um, from whether it's from the COVID and losing a relative from the vaccinations and losing relatives from that, losing work, whatever it is. There's been a lie that's gone out there. And really, this is what the Holy Spirit's telling me even right now. He says, stay on this for a moment. I want them to know I'm here. I'm present. I'm driving the agenda. I'm their helper. I'm their comforter. You're that's not true. orphans. You're not alone. You can hear all these reports, just like what I just said what the deep state wants to do with 87,000 more IRS agents that you have these groups working the most monetized groups on the earth, working together, putting billions of dollars in a budget per year to figure out how to depopulate the earth. And they're failing miserably. It's one of the mm. things Lord wants me to say, they've been failing miserably. And it's because there are even people not fully understanding the presence and power uh, that's uh, that's there with the Holy Spirit, even in the limited measure we've been receiving him and activating him, even that level has been stemming the tide of what the enemy is trying to do because we still, we continually increase uh, by millions every year, no matter what they try, no matter what that's method. Good. They've been trying to kill us. They've been killing us. They've been trying to kill us. But the, the Holy Spirit in his people has been, uh, suppressing darkness and will continue to do so Good. moving forward. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. And then um, he begins to uh, talk a little more in verse 26. Uh, let's look at, look at that. Verse 26. 
I'll, I'll start with 25 of John chapter 14. These things I've spoken to you while being present with you, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, again, for those who needed to hear, that was the Holy Spirit, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all the things that I have said to you. What does he say then next? Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Again, that is Mm. something, that's a word that needs to be spoken into the hearts of many of you right now. He's saying it again, reminding you, his day was even more troubled than now. There was less, there was less future uh, there was there was more difficulty. They were they were wholesalely slaves, oppressed. Really, you could say all all the, uh, the children of Israel, the Jews, and and what what their life was uh, was was just uh, you know much much below the level that we are in, and they faced more dire circumstances. Their kids, you have to understand the reality. If you read it sometime, the Jewish reality of that day, their kids were conscripted to fight for Rome. Um, their daughters were taken, they were raped. Um, it's just, this was just common daily stuff. And so it was a horrible reality that they leave lived in. And then he says, my peace, I give to you, not as the world give I peace. You know, his peace is a peace that passes understanding. Uh, for some of you, not everything is, uh, um, you know, pleasant. You're, you're having to embrace Psalm 23, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because he's with us. And so that's what's different about his peace. His peace doesn't leave us when there are difficulties. Peace accompanies us. And so he does that through mm. the person and presence of the Holy Spirit. So we're getting close to where I wanted to take you here. But let's look at John chapter 16. That's just two chapters later. And he's telling us more of the work of the Holy Spirit. And I feel like the Holy Spirit telling me again, he says, slow down here a bit. He says, my people really need to be instructed on the Holy Spirit, the role of the Holy Spirit, the presence, the power of the Holy Spirit at this time, the purpose of the Holy Spirit. He's available right now. He's the bigger storyline. The Holy Spirit is the bigger storyline right now. And he wants his sons and daughters to be aware this is why Jesus, this, he did it all. He went to heaven. He rose from the dead. He sent the Holy Spirit. He's the helper. There's not a second helper coming. It's the same helper. There's no new helper coming. There's mm. just a revelation of the helper that already exists and what he's willing to do, what he's already been doing, recognizing what he's already been doing, recognizing he's already been suppressing the attempts of the enemy to wipe us out. And then he's calling us up to the next level of activation. He's saying, come up, my children, let's rise, arise, come up and let's shine with who I am in every area of society. And so chapter 16, verse five, this is again, Jesus talking to his Holy Spirit. He says, but uh, by the Holy Spirit, talking to his disciples. But now I go away to him who sent me and none of you asked me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. 
There's something about just his presence being received and mm. released. It does a okay. whole lot of the work of righteousness because I go to my father and you see me no more of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. Here's this, verse 12. I still have many things to say to you. Jesus did not say all the things he wanted to say to us in the Bible. The Bible tells us that. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, this spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, etc., etc. So we want to be encouraged with this Holy Spirit. Like we need, uh, uh, um, I feel like the Holy Spirit is reminding us again that in some of us, we're waiting for another Jesus to die on the cross, for another sending of the Holy Spirit. It's already been done. That's been done. There is no further sacrifice from heaven, from the Godhead. They have, they have done the extreme sacrifice for the father to send his son and allow him to suffer the painful death, the painful mocking, uh, as even you know being mocked and being uh, tortured mm. and killed by the very ones you created. You just can't even imagine that, that pain. And then the release of the Holy Spirit, and then the Acts 2 mm. explosion and birthing of the Holy Spirit. He doesn't need to do any of those things again. He just needs his people to remember who they are, whose they are, what is available now, and then to begin to connect to this presence, this power, this person of the Holy Spirit. Mm. So this takes us all to um, Acts chapter Acts chapter one. This is the culmination part of where of where we're going towards. Even this time of I want to do a time of prayer. We might have you know I still think we're going to have some time for some questions, uh, Steve. But um, okay. a time of a prayer. Or I might just do the prayer at the at the very end uh, for that. We'll just see what the Holy Spirit is pushing on us if we need to go ahead and, and, and go into it right away. I do feel him on us and stirring things up in us. But we want to recognize that Acts chapter 1 and, and verse 2. Um, until the day, first of all, we just want you to, this is talking about Jesus. All the things that Jesus began to do and teach, it says in verse 1. And verse two, until the day in which he was taken up after he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen. We want to see this central role of the Holy Spirit again, from start to end, everything to do with Jesus, from his birth to him giving instructions to his disciples. It's important for us to realize, and we say it again. That if Jesus, who is the very son of God, when he's limited to human perspective, when he's limited in some capacity, he's fully God, but limited to human perspective, he needs, he requires the Holy Spirit's wisdom even to instruct his disciples. Hmm. So this this lets us know we're not going to get by with principles. We're not going to get by knowing even all the words of Jesus for what we have to do, each and every one of us moving forward, how to be salt and light, how to advance, how to do the things we must do. We must have a living relationship with the Holy Spirit. We need the same teacher he did. And so we want to move forward. So verse uh, verse four, and this is being assembled together with them. He commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the father, which he said, you have heard from me for John 
truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And they're asking him details. You know, when are you going to, are you going to restore some of his disciples? So I thought you're going to restore the kingdom to Israel now. And he said, it's not for you to know the times or seasons. Help Elijah Streams continue to reach people around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Streams and the Elijah Streams podcast possible. Visit ElijahStreams.com and click the Donate Today button to become a partner today. Maybe that's an application for us right now. We have Ooh. a lot of, when is this going to happen? When is President Trump going to officially be there? When are we going to know this has happened? There's an aspect of it we can apply to us even today. It is not for you to know the times or seasons. Uh, which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And that word witnesses, martyrios, it's a word for martyrs as well. You will have the power, the strength, even to stand in the face of death, not to be afraid of being imprisoned, not to be afraid of anything. You will stand for me. When the Holy Spirit infuses you with who he is, you will be able to stand for the kingdom agenda and not buckle. Your knees will not buckle in any way. And um, so what's important here is, is these that what I just read, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Those were Jesus's last words. Jesus, he came he lived among us 33 years. These were his last words spoken in the flesh. You shall receive power when the Holy Ghost, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. I actually complained to the Lord. I was like, why, why didn't you include in those last words? Hey, by the way, um, you know, there's the Bible I'm leaving as well. <laughs> Notice yeah. that it doesn't say, don't worry, because this is what we've actually, I've actually heard it taught, church. How many of you know he left, but he didn't leave us alone. He left us the word. And you know what? It wasn't the word that he left in that kind of way. I value the Bible immensely. Yeah. As you can tell, I follow sure. the scripture. I'm quoting scripture after scripture after scripture. But that was not his promise. He didn't say, listen, I'm leaving you, but I'm leaving you the word. He says, yeah. I'm leaving you. I'm leaving you the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And you better wait for him to come upon you. You better wait to be empowered by him because my three and a half years of discipleship will not serve you unless you're empowered by him. Because I don't need you to know just principles I told you about. I need you to have a living relationship where he can tell you things that I can't presently tell you. Remember, he said, I have many things I want to tell you. You can't handle them now. I will tell you when you need to know them. Why we haven't been getting all the details we need from the prophetic is because he's not given all the details. It's not just the prophets. They're not getting their job done. He's like, I don't want that information out. I want power sure. and presence on my people. And I'm giving you enough to get you directed in the right way. But I'm not giving you the full picture because those matters are in my hands and I will take care of them. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit is come upon you. And so that was his priority above the other. Because I asked the Lord, I said, why didn't you just say, hey, and by the way, the books of the New Testament are Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, <laughs> yeah. go ahead and name them. They would fight for the next 300 years in the church as to what books yeah. of the Bible were books of the Bible. They didn't even think through terms of books of the Bible in the way we do right now. But they would, that wasn't, I said, why wouldn't you just tell them that so they wouldn't fight it? Because I heard the Lord say, he says, I told them what was important. 
the Holy Spirit. And, and you know, he had already confronted uh, during his day, said, you search the scriptures, the Pharisees and all them. You search the scriptures because you think in them you find truth. But here I am in front of you, you can't see me. When you can't see him, it means you have no relationship with the Holy Spirit. You're not interacting with the Holy Spirit. So this is his priority. I feel like the Holy Spirit is just pressing upon me, Steve, this need. We really have have be um, uh, reapprehended with a hunger for the presence of the Holy Spirit, for the power of the Holy Spirit, for everything that he brings into us, into our lives. And uh, kind of, I don't know if it's for you, Steve, but the early days of, of you know, spirit-filled life, like that was the difference maker was who was filled with the Holy Spirit and who was not, because you suddenly could stand, you fought, suddenly could resist against demons, you, you suddenly could contend for healing in another way. And again, we didn't expand it as as much as needed, but there is there is there is a need for us to turn our hearts and minds to the Holy Spirit in a real uh, practical mm. uh, way right now. And then we get to, of course, the moment we've all been waiting for, Acts chapter two. Again, remember, he tells them, "Your three and a half years of personal discipleship by Jesus is not going to serve you. I don't want you to move, go nowhere until you are filled with the Holy Spirit." Wait as long as you need to wait. Wait, and they waited weeks. You wait, you wait there until he comes upon you. And then when the day of Pentecost had fully come, Acts chapter 2, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the whole house. They were sitting, and there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire. And one and sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And then suddenly there is this big change that takes place. Everything has changed. And we find out that um, you go to Acts chapter 3 and verse 1, you find out even people like Peter, Peter, the great apostle, who days, you know, just days before, he's like, no, I don't know him. He's he's seeking to save his yeah. own uh, his own butt, and he, he's <laughs> like, I'm not standing up on January 6th. He's like, I might get thrown in prison. I'm not saying that was uh, that's the, the issue exactly, but yeah. he's like, now he's risking it all. He's standing in front of everyone, and and we read that before and after that this same Peter all of a sudden filled. I'm trying to find the scripture. Where it says, and Peter filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, I think it's, oh, there it is. Um, it, well, it says, I think we're already passed there. It says, Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, he begins to speak. This is that which was spoken of by the prophet Joel. In the last days, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. All of a sudden, he's got this new boldness. He's mm. ready to risk it more. And then this is application for us right now, Acts chapter 3, that Peter and John, um, they go to the temple the ninth hour, and a certain lame man from his mother's womb was brought out, and he's asking for alms. He's asking for, you know, uh, economic gifts, and seeing Peter and John about to go in the temple, um, he's asking for alms, and fixing his eyes on them with John, Peter said, look at us. So he said, so he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. And he took him by his right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. 
and leaping up. He's leaping and walking and praising God. So the application even for us right now, such as I have, you get this infusion, this baptism of the Holy Spirit, and you get a, uh, some of you've had it once. You need to be re, uh, re-baptized by the Holy Spirit at a time like mm. this. Where And what it breaks down, what it eliminates, feel like the Holy Spirit speaking a word for us right now. A lot of believers are lame right now. A lot of believers are lame. They're like this lame man. They can't mm. walk. And they think what they need is some financial help here and there. But there's really strength to walk. And there is an ability to walk and leap and praise God. So I believe he's going to release something here in a moment of prayer where there's going to be an impartation, infusion of the Holy Spirit released on the airways where people who have been having trouble just walking. You've been having trouble even just resisting the most basic temptations, the most basic sin. It's like your walk has gotten weak. It's lame. And it hasn't been what it needs to be. There is an impartation. And then you will also be able to carry that and say, as Peter said, such as I have, I also release. I've got this new strength from inside, power, presence. Holy Spirit is driving everything right now. And he's saying, hey, sons, hey, daughters, this is why Jesus came. This is a big part of why he came. He said, it's better that I go because I'm going to send the Holy Spirit and he will be with you. He knows the trials you will face. He knew the trial of this day. This is a big trial of this day. This transitional time is massive. It's big. It's scary. It can be overwhelming. But the Holy Spirit is here and he's alive and he's driving the agenda of the day and he's and he's with us. And so this is what we want to be excited about. And then you read. Uh, I won't read. I'll just tell you about it. You know, Acts chapter four. Um, uh, well, actually, since we're right there, I'm going to go ahead. Acts chapter four, um, verse eight. Yeah, this is good. This is good. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit. This is scripture I was looking for before. Remember, this is Peter, the denier. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers of the people, and elders of Israel. Do you know who he's talking to? He's talking to the root, the government. He now will speak to government fearlessly. Peter, who sitting by a fireplace would not own up to being a follower of Jesus day before he gets filled with the Holy Spirit. Now he speaks to government. He speaks to government. He speaks to rulers religious leaders. And he says, we, you know, he explains the whole thing. And he says, we are not backing off. There is verse 12, nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. And let it be known to you, we're not backing off. You can do threats. You can do whatever. Verse 13, it says, they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men. And they marveled. They marvel why they're filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit becomes the different make the difference maker. And they were like, you you go read on. Uh, they went to they threatened them. So what shall we do? We got to threaten them. What shall we do to these men? That's verse 16. So they called them and it commanded them not to speak. What is it? What's the move of the enemy when the Holy Spirit's alive and well and doing great things? Let's mask them. Let's stop them from being able to mm. speak. Let's stop them from being able to worship. So that verse That was verse 18, actually commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than to God, you judge. For we cannot but speak the things we have seen and heard. And when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding no way of punishing them because of the people. This is supposed to be impartation, infusion for us right now. We have a similar moment in history 
before us. We're having similar dynamics, conversations. Do we listen to authority when they tell us to put the mask to do these things? And I know there's different situations that form in different nations at different times. And there's times you don't really know if it's a legit uh, uh, outbreak of something. But you can see the enemy is attempting to shut the mouths. You even have believers and, again, compromised leadership that say, hey, even the Bible says obey authority. Well, these guys, clearly, they get infused with the Holy Spirit. They speak to government and they're saying we can only we are not. We'll just make it simple. We are not shutting our mouth. We cannot be masked. We cannot be quiet. And so they realize this is what's happened from the Holy Spirit. Then you realize you, you, you look at Acts chapter um, five and well, five is when Ananias. So there's a line. See, the Holy Spirit's a spirit of truth. Why do Ananias and Sapphira get judged? They're liars. They're mm. liars. And when the Holy Spirit comes in with this much truth and you bring a lie and you pre and you pretend you're part of a move of God, your life becomes endangered. I just leave that one alone, but we're heading to some some of those days in different places. Wherever that spirit of the truth is most obvious, is more is more clear in his outpouring, there is a danger in coming under the easy to lie spirit that this world is carrying right now. That many sons and daughters, part of the lameness we're walking in is not walking in the clarity of speaking the truth and knowing truth and being disciples of the truth, ambassadors of the truth. And then you find that when they pick, again, the whole church, we want to understand that the church advanced not on the teachings of Jesus. They advanced on the empowering of the Holy Spirit. They picked deacons. They then had to pick deacons. There were troubles. Um, you know, Acts chapter mm -hmm. six, there, there, and it says, what do they look for? First criteria, if you look it up, in verse 363, three, therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit. And they chose Stephen, it says in verse five, a man full of the Holy Spirit. And he's a man fearless, didn't mind even, even dying. Mm. And you will read this terminology and them and so-and-so and Paul being full of the Holy Spirit mm. and Barnabas being full of the Holy Spirit and Stephen full wow. of the Holy Spirit because Barnabas full of the Holy Spirit, Eleven twenty-two. You read the whole book of Acts. It's about being full of the Holy Spirit. And that's how you advance. That's what gives you fearlessness in the face of, not only can we go to prison, we could be executed for what we're doing. We're going to be beat. They were. They were beat. They were put to death. They didn't care. They were full of the Holy Spirit, and it revolutionized the world. And we're prepared now. We have a massive army. 700 million on the planet have received the infilling of the Holy Spirit, but he's operating at way below capacity because partially we, we the the test of the moment has overwhelmed us, has overwhelmed the church, and we've like put the Holy Spirit here. We've assumed we're being orphans, but this is this is not true at all. So wow. anyway, I had to get that out. Wow, wow, well, real good. <laughs> I I had so many areas I could ask questions, but one I did write this one thing down while you were going, and you're talking about um, Zach Zacharias and Anna in the temple. And the Holy Spirit was there, and obviously for such a time as that, and you said such a time as that, he said, and, and you said, and this is when I wrote it down, and just like for such a time as this, so my question and point or comment on is, you're saying to the degree that the Spirit coming down in power changed the Earth's history at that time, 
we are in such a moment right now. Is that what you meant to say? Well, yes, we, it, it's incoming. Um, just to go in that it's not that it's uh, part of this is announcing that it's coming in. There's something about today, 8, 8, August 8, new beginning as well. But I believe we're going to see, you know, there's simultaneously um, and even part of my own, we'll say, adjustment from the Lord is I'm aware of so much of what looks like what is called Christianity, of organizational Christianity, of that which is big, that which is superstar, that Mm. which is big in numbers. It's really, really disappointing. It was a big, massive reveal and fail the last two years. Highly infiltrated on the wrong side in practical ways. It's woke. But it's it's amazing. But the Lord said, you know, he's reminding me the situation from back 1992, where I I became aware that it was a a lawsuit that we were um, we weren't involved in. But we were sued by a church for twenty four million dollars, partially for telling the leader of that church he may not have 10 uh, concubines on staff and that he may not sleep with multiple generations and be a pedophile and things like that. And so, and, you know, it was dropped and all, 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 all that. But there was, I then found out that not only he, I found out from his mistresses about 10 of the most famous names I knew in the United States of preachers. I knew their mistresses and who they were. And so it, I, I went uh. in a very negative place in my mind. It's like, oh God, your church is a whore and you just need to come in and, and wipe out. And the Lord's like, uh, you're judging my church by the big, by that which is big and shiny and superstarish. She's like, I have a lot of my good people. And so there's going to be explosions of the Holy Spirit. They're going to start in and expect him to be smaller places, expect him to be more humble places where, you know, they don't have the best orchestration of their meetings. They don't have, you know, perfectly timed worship set. And you can't just to your, you know, okay, drive your agenda by your by your clock. And it's not just about having good meetings. Again, that's part of the new paradigm. It's not just about the meetings. The meetings are to receive the power so we can show up Monday through Friday, Monday through Saturday. We have to carry this in practical ways into society, but we do have to carry something other than just thoughts and arguments and anger. We have to carry him. We have to carry his presence. We have to carry his power. So we are in need for this infusion. And I believe as we find these pockets of, to go to your question there, Steve, where we're like such a day as this, where, where that's that the judgment seems severe on Ananias and Sapphira. You go, hey, what about the grace message? It's like when lying is being confronted, because it was a, a lie to civilization then too, just like we are now. It's another level in some ways now. But then when the spirit of truth comes in, and brings in authenticity and brings in the real when something that's deceptive and like, cause it was really just deceptive. It wasn't even a total lie. It was just a partial lie. Mm. This is all it wasn't. And so there was harsh, uh, a harsh judgment. And so there's an upgrading that takes place because the Holy spirit uh, will not hang around with lying. He will not hang around with that type of uh, dishonesty. And, and so and Johnny, are you saying well, believing, hearing, revealing that we're about to have Ananias and Sapphira moments in this church that are going to be seen by the body of Christ? Yeah, I I do. Um, I do. And it's part of, you know, those who know the glory is coming in, 
the glory comes in. And if you remember the glory coming in in Scripture in the Old Testament, one of the first things it did is even the ministers could do nothing but fall face down. Whether it's Solomon's temple, they went face down. Whether it's Moses' day, there was a fear of the Lord that came, that came in. We, there's a, you know, a familiarity with the Godhead right now that is inappropriate. Mm. And so there is, uh, uh, and, and it's not that he wants to be, um, you know, anything but kind and awesome to us, but his kindness and awesomeness as it comes in closer, it's so pure. It's sort of like, you know, the sun, think of the whatever the degrees that are on the sun, the presence of the sun. You get too close to the sun. The sun doesn't have to try to be mad with you for you to suffer from it. You just got too close to something that pure, something oh, wow. that strong. And that's what happens when you have a, a, a significant visitation. When it's that level, you get too close to that level. It's not a striking back in anger. It's the very nature of something that pure that cannot have that around. So, wow. Wow. Well, okay. I I know we're going to close up here. I do have one question I'd like to get in kind of a question testimony. Do you got time for one of those? Yes. So I I had told this lady, um, Anita is her name. I just said, I I wanted to share this, but just use her first name. Um, It's a testimony, but I'm going to ask you a question on the end. Um, It it involves the, the vax we're on rumble. So I can say that the jab, whatever you want to say. Yeah. And so Amanda had given a word about healing. I don't remember. Uh, she always about arthritis. So it says, while Amanda, she's watching the replay, and she says, while Amanda Grace and you were praying at the end of the show, and Amanda said, someone with arthritis who needs to use her hands. And she says, I'm a physical therapist. I need to use them, of course. This started one year and five months ago after the second COVID vaccination vaccine. So sorry now that I got it. I only did I only did it not for work as a medical professional, but to do international mission work with Flying Doctors of America. I can now literally see the deformities in both of the same fingers in each hand straightening, now pain-free and mobile. Love you all and praise the Almighty God. So that's a, a neat testimony. So that was the testimony I wanted everyone to share. And the, the, the comment and question is kind of all mixed as one, is what can you say to other people who had the vax, they're beginning to have symptoms, and I know many of them are. What 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 is the Lord showing you about any of that, if anything? Well, you know, I, I had a very touching call this morning, and I can't go into too much of it, but it's a, a situation that involves, um, you know, babies, even being uh, suffering greatly um, from vaccines, their parents, good believers and all that. But, you know, you just you believe you trust your government and your medical profession people at the time and you think they're looking out for you. And so I know that's the situation of thousands upon thousands in the body of Christ who um, hadn't hadn't realized that you can't trust these who are supposedly for you. You can't trust your government. You can't trust your medical providers when they're compromised in this type of way. And so we really, this, a very frequent question we have is what do we, what do we do about this? Cause they walk with some level of shame and guilt from that as well. And you all need to be, if you're one of those, just be, be free from that. And to mm-hmm. the degree you knew better and you were fine, you just say, Lord, I'm so sorry. You know, just do the simple thing. 
He is quick. Sorry, I didn't trust you. Sorry, I didn't ask the next level mm-hmm. question. You know, there's a David. He suffered a, a loss of voice as he inquired not of the Lord. And so we're learning to inquire of the Lord. And we all suffer from time to time from not inquiring of the Lord when we should. And uh, but I do believe part of this outpouring of the Holy Spirit, of course, if, if we would read in Acts, the whole book of Acts is all about all the healing and miracles that came from this outpouring of the Holy Spirit. This is one of the specific messages of the Holy Spirit. I'm at work. I'm driving the agenda and I'm here. I know you're going to need healing. I know you're going to need my power for these type of situations and circumstances. And so I believe even when we pray here in a moment, Steve, that um, we can just believe for the Lord, even as he's empowering and baptizing uh, those in the whole uh, with the Holy Spirit, even anew, that there will be a release um, of his presence and power and that we'll begin to get for those of you who were suffering from something as the testimony, as you get testimony, we get testimonies every week of people being healed. And as you experience that, please tell us, please let us know because it is the power and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb, the word of their testimony. If we get testimonies of people who suffered something from the vaxes and then you, and then the word gets out, God is healing those because that's something the Lord really spoke to me two years ago. He's like, I'm going to have power available for those who are making the mistakes. And so, you know, how that all comes together, how it lands, how we begin to, uh, uh, you know, properly engage with his presence, put a demand on his power in that kind of way, and then begin to experience it. But that's that's what he's that's what he's here for. And yes. just uh, Steve, also for those who think, well, I've already received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, that's already that's already happened um, for me. You have to understand there's not a, uh, you know, Ephesians 5. 18, the Apostle Paul says, be not drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. And the, and the language is be being filled with the Holy Spirit. And so it's a constant thing that we need. And, and especially if he's been ignored in your life or he's, you know, you've lost sight of him because we've watching the battle. We're looking at the battlefield so much. We've lost sight of him. There is gazing at him, putting our attention on him, on him and being uh, baptized anew for the moment. You know, there's a, that's. He's not going to visit us again as Jesus. Uh, he's not going to die again. Holy Spirit mm-hmm. doesn't need to do. It's all done. But there are baptisms that we do need. Okay. A fresh baptism for such a time as this. We need a baptism of healing released upon the airwaves even right now as we pray. And I, I agree with that, um, Steve. Good. Well, go ahead then, uh, Johnny, and pray whatever God gives you to pray. And I know people are looking forward to that. <clears throat> Let's do it. If you're there and, you know, we've been hearing from people as well said, I want to know how to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so it's just by faith, the more childlike you can become. And if you can be alone, it's the best. You don't have to be sensitive to anything, uh, you know, worry about if people it's not just only through speaking in tongues, but you can speak in tongues and you can just let your tongue go. And that becomes a sign. But he can he can, you know, different ones of you who've been giving us testimony the last few weeks of how his powers come on you, whether you felt the hand on your head or you felt a hand somewhere, you begin to shake. Um, and I'm just going to ask the Holy Spirit just to make it real to whoever's listening right now that you are receiving that fresh impartation of the Holy Spirit. He is driving the agenda right now. He is driving the agenda right now. He's driving everything right now. And he wants his sons and daughters fully empowered. He wants them healed as well. And he wants them being uh, these carriers of healing as well. So 
just hold out your hand if you're yeah. um, if you're out there uh, if listening in a way, Ooh, just come yeah. away in a receptive way before the Lord if you're able to do that. Ooh, and yeah. and and so let's just let's just go to the Holy Spirit. Ooh. Holy Spirit, we thank you that we're also told that we can come before the throne of grace boldly, that we may find help in time of need. So Lord, we understand Holy Spirit that you can empower and heal all at the same time. I have just scores and scores of those testimonies throughout my life, Lord, of people being filled with the Holy Mm. Spirit and healed at the same time. So we do come boldly before your throne of grace that Mm. we may find help in time of need. We're in a time of need. We're in a time of need. Some very practically from damage that they suffered either from COVID damage, they've suffered more likely from the vaccines. And Lord, I pray that these would right now just receive, would receive your power, Lord, from the top of their head down to the soles of their feet, that they would begin to reverberate even Mm. with your kingdom, with the power of your kingdom, Lord, that you would literally come upon them, Lord, that they would sense from the top of their head that your power and electricity that begins to flow and come down them and begins to invigorate Mm. them and strengthen them and eradicate every bit of darkness and begins to cancel every work of the enemy in their DNA. And I speak to the DNA that's been affected. Mm. Every one of you that has affected DNA from the vaccines or the COVID, in the name of Jesus, I speak a reversal of that right now in the name of Jesus. The power of the blood of Jesus, the power of the Holy Spirit be released into you and over you to change everything right now in Jesus' name. And I speak to those of you who desire to receive this empowering Mm. of the Holy Spirit, some of you for the first time, in the name of Jesus, Even as Jesus says, when he prayed over his disciples, he said, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And he just breathed on them. I'm going to do what Jesus did. If you wonder why I breathe and blow right now, Jesus did it with his disciples. And so, Lord, even as I blow, as I breathe, let your breath be released into everyone who is listening and watching right now. And let them receive the Holy Spirit. 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 From deep inside, out of your inner belly will flow rivers of living water, the scriptures say. Some of you will feel it like bubbling up from inside, and you can just release your tongue. You can release your tongue. Just whatever. Allow the Holy Spirit. Anything, whatever begins to come out. Just allow that to be released. Mm. He is your presence. He is your power. He is your security. No matter what you Mm. face, he gives you power even to stare down death. Whatever city, whatever Mm. nation, some of your nations are in more trouble than others. And there is this power of the Holy Spirit Mm. that he knows the intensity of your circumstance. And he will always empower you with a higher level of his intensity than whatever the intensity is going around you. This is the power that he releases upon us willingly. He is our helper. He is our comforter. And he is establishing and driving the agenda of the day towards this era of the kingdom. Receive it in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, wow. Very powerful. Very powerful. Wow. Well, Johnny, thank you so much. Now, anything, anything you'd like to tell the people as far as uh, I see your website, Restore7.org, anything you want to announce? Uh, I forgot to well, ask you before. The, the only thing 
and this is um it, this is just fun i happen to find this in my own own notes is this is okay seven mountains see where it says oh, seven right. mountains on the move get, get there, there first, first. <laughs> well what's so interesting this was something that was found a long time this is actually january if you look at the date again let's see uh january 2008 okay that's when my book the seven mountain prophecy was released oh it is it's and somebody like had to say seven mountains on the move get there very first cool very and cool. so i want you to look at it. it says the next best places to ski live invest retire the seven mountains so go so for the cool. seven mountains you're empowered by the holy spirit to occupy this is the most privileged time in history for the body of christ if we understand what he's providing for us very very cool god bless you johnny thank you give our love to elizabeth a quick reminder lou Inga will be on tomorrow on the youtube channel and rumble as well and facebook and in our website elijahstreams.com uh, be sure to visit any one of those 11 o'clock Pacific time tomorrow. Lou will be talking about the whole overturning of Roe v. Wade. Um, I guess they'll have to tell me if that can be on YouTube or if we have to do that rumble. They'll let me know. But if you don't see us on YouTube, go to rumble only. We, we have, you know, there's certain things they just cut your whole account if you talk about. So we have to be wise. So, why, you know, check our rumble account in case. So God bless you, everyone. Have an amazing rest of the day. Happy Monday to you. We'll see you all tomorrow. Bye-bye. This has been Elijah Streams. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can listen to the Elijah Streams podcast at ElijahStreams.com on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Join us live every weekday at 11 a.m. Pacific time at ElijahStreams.com on YouTube, Rumble, and Facebook. Elijah Streams is part of Elijah List Ministries. Click the link in the description to become a partner today.